Sophie Hardy and the Battle of the Myriad by M.R. Dale Narrated by Leona Hall Chapter 14 Meliora Scanning around herself, Sophie saw that she was in a village, a very small, quaint village. There were about four detached houses on either side of the quietest, narrowest country lane she could ever recall seeing, and each house had steps up to the front door. Birds sang and the wind gently blew. It all felt extremely relaxing and normal. Beside her, Lizzie, Clara and Yasmin were also still taking it all in while Kingsley watched their reactions. You okay? Sophie asked Lizzie, still reminding herself that the whole zoning in and out thing was brand new to Lizzie. Lizzie just nodded in reply. She seemed to be getting used to it. Clara looked more baffled than the others and kept turning sharply presumably to make sure she wasn't missing anything. There certainly weren't any mythical creatures or signs of Utopia around. It was just a quiet, boring stretch of road with regular, completely uninspiring houses on and Clara's bafflement was turning into full-blown confusion. Is this right? she asked Kingsley. Kingsley smiled and replied, This is the village of Semblance. Is it? Clara replied turning her nose up at what she had just heard, which to her seemed like it was completely irrelevant. Lizzie stepped forward. Semblance, she started. Clara looked at her aloof. It's another word for facade or illusion. These houses are hiding something, Lizzie explained. Of course, Clara replied, sarcastically, as if she was ever going to get that. Sophie smiled at the conversation and knew that Clara meant none of this nastily to Lizzie. If anything, Clara would be a bit hung up on not knowing that herself. Sophie also questioned why she herself hadn't made that link as quickly as Lizzie had, but quickly dismissed her worry. How do we get in? Sophie asked Kingsley. There's probably a three-headed dog or something guarding the entrance, Yasmin said excitedly. You mean Cerberus? Sophie replied. Don't be daft, Kingsley started, turning to walk towards the house left of centre and climbing the stairs. He lives in the underworld. Cries of what? left the girls' mouths as they eagerly followed with a view to finding out exactly why that was such a daft suggestion. As Sophie climbed the stairs up towards one of the houses, she paid particular attention to the gardens at the front of the houses. When, and only when, she studied them carefully, she could see tiny mythicals busying themselves with the stunning flowers that adorned the beautiful garden. On even closer inspection, Sophie could see that they were fairies, and when she stopped to get down even closer... They also stopped what they were doing and looked back at Sophie. As Sophie stared at them in awe, she could see a glow around their glorious golden wings and sprinkles of dust falling away as they fluttered. They wore gorgeous dresses of sky blue, which twinkled in the sunlight, and silver necklaces that showed a rainbow pattern when they caught the sun at the right angle. Further up the stairs and closer to the house, Sophie then saw what she thought were just garden gnomes. Again, though, when she studied them carefully, she saw them turn and look at her before turning away again in disgust. It was as if the visitors coming up their stairs were in some way disturbing or inconveniencing them and that they were finally being given another reason to complain about something. Not being able to stop herself from smiling, Sophie also wondered whether this was the only place where these things lived or whether, in the last seven weeks, they were more common in the more human areas of Earth. People these days, and adults especially, paid so little attention to the world around them that for all they knew, they had these literally on their doorstep for possibly as long as ten years but never noticed them. 
This, however, was a thought for another day, as the merry band of children had reached the front door of the left centre house, and Kingsley had turned again to face them all, but before he could ask the question he wanted to, Clara interrupted him. I'm confused, Clara started. Why have we had to walk upstairs? Why couldn't we just zone into this place? Sophie wondered about what she had asked and agreed that it was a good question when she considered that the creatures were excited to meet them. Why couldn't they just zone in there? Because, like I said earlier, the energy surrounding Meliora would prevent any human signal getting into it. If you want to get directly in, you'll have to get me to portal you in and out. It's one of the safety measures taken by the Mythicals. Of course, if you do well today, they could change all that and allow you to zone in at some point in the future, Kingsley explained. The girls understood and couldn't think of anything to ask after, despite Kingsley waiting for a follow-up question. Ready? Kingsley eventually asked. Sophie and the others nodded as Kingsley turned the handle to the light green door at the front. As it opened, Sophie could see that there was no inside of the house, no walls, ceilings or floors. In front of them stood an amalgamation of every landscape she could possibly imagine. There was so much to take in, so much in fact, that Sophie couldn't bring herself to blink just in case she missed something. The space beyond the door went on for miles in every direction and Sophie couldn't decide what to look at first. Directly in front of her were skyscrapers taller than anything Sophie had ever seen before. The bright sunlight sprang staggeringly off each window which must each have been at least ten feet tall. Out of some of the windows spread branches which had enormous, glorious, lush green leaves flopping down. At the end of some of the branches sat wooden huts, inexplicably balanced in the most precarious manner Sophie could imagine. Some branches reached out so far that they were linked with the branches from other buildings and created pathways between floors that were astoundingly high amongst the skyscrapers. At the foot of the buildings was a regular grey road with the hustle and bustle of traffic passing over it. On closer inspection, Sophie realised that there were in fact no vehicles on the roads, just beings shooting along at hugely different speeds. It was then that Sophie finally noticed the vast array of creatures that bitted and bobbed around the cosmopolitan city. Pegasus flew in the sky above the skyscrapers, tree folk walked across the wooden bridges between buildings and everything that Sophie had ever read about or researched walked the streets. It was then that Sophie felt a tap on her shoulder and Yasmin was looking straight down while still tapping, not noticing that Sophie had in fact turned to look at her. Sophie looked at what Yasmin was pointing at. Beneath their feet was a glass floor and under that was water flowing. When Sophie looked closer, she could see mermaids swimming and immense beasts from stories of years gone by living together in perfect harmony. Sophie had been in Meliora for only a few seconds and already it was awe-inspiring, overwhelming and devastating all rolled into one. The others looked just as taken aback as Sophie, save for Kingsley, who was just stood there watching the girls' reactions. Yep, that's what I said he said smirking at them and noticing the girl's reaction to their new surroundings. Sophie didn't hear him though and continued to look round. There was a desert to her right, jungle to her left and as the door closed behind her she turned to see not a door but the same wonderful mix of sceneries continuing in every direction. Polar with Barbagazi, a small bearded gnome-like creature talking amongst the snow. Kuraukami, the ice dragon, was soaring through the frozen sky and Anikor, 
a snow horse, was talking across the landscape with a centaur who resided in the woodland setting next door. Behind the centaurs leapt bramble pixies from one tree to another and countless other creatures busying themselves without a care in the world. The woodland then merged effortlessly into the marshlands and yet more mythicals appeared to Sophie. Marshlands merged with rainforests, rainforests merged with African plains, African plains merged with volcanic and so on and so on. All these zones or areas, Sophie had no idea what to call them, and more littered as far as the eye could see, and all were together linked in some wonderful feat of logic and science-defying magic. There was a rumbling sound from beneath their feet. Sophie looked down and the mermaids and other water-based creatures parted to one side as something infinitely more ginormous swam across under the glass floor, rubbing against it as it did so. It had scaly skin, which was adorned with gigantic suckers. What's that? Yasmin asked. You'll find out, I'm sure, Kingsley replied. You've got other things to deal with first. As Sophie began to relax a little, her overriding emotion wasn't wonder or happiness or inquisitiveness. She felt a sudden urge to burst into tears as she began to imagine what Tom would have thought of all this. This was what he'd spent years remembering and sharing with his daughter everything that he could about the olden days for. All the newspaper clippings, all the stories, all those evenings with him had all been building up to this. Sophie could identify everything, all the creatures, all the buildings, all the terrain, all the types of magic because of him, but he wasn't there to share it with her, and that upset Sophie in a way that was so hurtful she wouldn't like to try and describe it. She would have given anything then and there to see her dad's face if he could experience this. When she imagined it, however, the stomach-turning feeling didn't come. She smiled a beaming smile as tears filled her eyes. Her instinct told her to hold Lizzie's hand, so she did so. Immediately, Lizzie pulled hers away as she didn't like holding hands and couldn't have done so anyway in her soft light avatar, so Sophie reached for Clara's instead, who squeezed back in shared amazement. Sophie came back to reality and had to put her other hand over her mouth to prevent all her realisations from escaping. This was where the mythicals had been hiding, for ten years since King had caused them to do away with their old lives. They had bonded together and created this irrefutably wonderful civilization. Humans had turned to screens, technology, and wasting away, but it seemed the mythicals had turned to each other and made something jaw-dropping. The Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by M.R. Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels, or if you would like to purchase a copy of the book, then be sure to check out our website, www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy.